one of the big uh, topics amongst cricket fans at the moment is the cost of actually going to cricket. So all winter we've been encouraging everyone to support their counties, get along and keep cricket alive. But as the season has started, we are faced, obviously, with the wider picture of the cost of living crisis, but also the actual cost of going to cricket. And the big headline this week is the ticket prices for the Lord's Test Match, which has got underway today. Um, You can pay anything up to £160 to sit there and watch um, a very average England team take on the world champions. Uh, And if you're taking kids, families, or if you're going for a few days, I don't need to tell you what the maths are going to work out. So to discuss this, we're joined by Richard Clark, the Grumbler, and uh, Debbie Knight from 365 Sporting Days, both good friends of the show. Welcome, Debbie and Rich. Um, I'll start off with you, Debbie. Um, You go every day. Anyone that follows your social media will see that you're very active, um, not only with cricket, but rugby, theatre, cinema, etc. What do you think about the pricing currently of going to cricket matches? Um, Now, if I ever, I would normally, I would never miss the first day at Lord's. Um, But my... My current feeling is that I don't think I'll ever watch England again at Lords. The price, uh, difficult to say because I've paid a lot of money to watch a rugby final, for example. Um, because I do do a lot, I tend to, you know, I don't pay loads of money to go to the theatre, for example. There's always a, an option for me to have a reasonably priced ticket. Um, so I can't, I can't afford to pay £100 a pop to go to a cricket match. I just, if if we go to county cricket, we had a Sunday a few weeks ago. um, It was a gloriously sunny Sunday, which is hard to imagine at the moment. And Alastair Cook was in the team and Harry Brook and Dawid Milan were were starting the batting on the Sunday morning. And the ground was virtually empty. Now, why not advertise that, sing that from the rooftops? You know, you're coming and watching the informed batsman in this country not that England seem to think that. Um, advertise it for five pounds. Just get people in the door and get them to have the habit. I first watched county cricket on a free ticket, and I actually watched um, Adam Wheater score one hundred and seventy-four, and I've been a member of Essex ever since. So, so it, I got hooked by that free ticket. It's a good so point about the marketing, Rich. You're you're. Um... Uh, an expert in this field now if you get a tube train through london um, uh, and if, indeed if you've caught a tube train over the last few months you can go for example i i noticed when i was sat on a tube that was waiting in king's cross uh, station lots of pictures and, and, and advertising posters up there for surrey and the t20 uh, and then we see on the television there are plenty of adverts for the hundred but no mention anywhere of Red Bull cricket. Um, is that a factor? Yeah, it is. The marketing is always a factor these days. Um, and certainly when I was getting into cricket um, in my in my youth, uh, in the in the Halcyon days of Go- the Gooch and Fletcher side, um, there were much, there were many fewer options, much fewer options. I'm getting my English incorrect there, but you know what I mean. There weren't as many options as there are now in terms of entertainment, uh, you know, a whole genre uh, like gaming, which is bigger than the music and the, in- and the film industry combined, that didn't exist. The, 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 the gaming industry and the esports industry did not exist. So there's lots of options, certainly for younger people, and you need to market t- to them. Um, cricket, certainly Red Bull cricket, 
um, is seen as slow and old. And that is not seen to be a marketable product to the key demographic that advertisers want, which is younger people with disposable income. Uh, this is why, you know, there was certainly a period of time in the in the 90s where more people went to church on a Sunday than watched the Premier League. Um, <laughs> certainly live or went to went, went to football games uh, even throughout the 92 clubs. But you wouldn't have known that in terms of its prestige and its perceived value. So cricket, because of certain decisions that have been made, um, particularly taking it off free to air. Uh, television that was its natural advertising and we're coming to in my opinion to a, a position where the generation that has not seen Alistair Cook play a test match for England and he's you know, scored more runs than anybody else if you if you didn't have Sky TV you would not have seen him score a test match run that is coming to pass now there's a whole generation that have missed out on heroes such as him and they are now at the age where they are in that key demographic that 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 disposable income, that 20s and, and 30s age bracket, and they're just not interested in Red Bull. They, they know a little bit about cricket, even though cricket's not been in school, so they don't have that introduction. And they don't mind a little bit of the, um, the crash-bang wallop, but the Red Bull is being left behind. Can I, can I just give a shout-out to the YouTube feeds because of, for the county cricket? Because I, I actually think this idea that, um, free-to-air cricket is the be-all and end-all is perhaps a bit of a red herring because I don't think that's how young people um, consume what they watch. I think you, I think the YouTube feeds have been fantastic from county cricket, actually, and, and I don't think we can underestimate how important they've been. Yeah, yeah, I, th I, th I think they have, and I've just been, I just looked at a stat, uh, a tweet from George DeBell saying there were a million views of the four games last night on YouTube, I think that's, my point is slightly different in that, you know, if you want to get hold of a young audience now, you put it on TikTok, right? You wouldn't put it on YouTube, right? That, that's the social media that is, 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 is popping um, with the teenagers. But, but YouTube is available to older da demographics, right? So the people who are watching the YouTube feeds are people like me um, who, are, who are older. I still think you know, if you look at, at what the Premier League has done, well, it, find me another sport that has grown with on, solely on Sky. Well, yeah, you know, there, there probably there probably isn't one because you're right. There's yeah. no free to there's no free to air coverage there, is there of the of the football? Even even the Premier League, which is the biggest selling uh, league and the most global league in the world, has kept that free to air element. And in their early days when they were selling to an overseas market, they were kind of giving it away. And now, 25 years down the line, the overseas TV rights for the Premier League are worth more than the domestic. But in that period of time, they were virtually giving it away. Not free, because it's hard to go to free from pay because you make it valueless. But they, they created a market by giving it away, or not giving it away, I just correct myself, by making it cheap and making it easily accessible. The great thing about the YouTube streams, Easily accessible. Anyone can get them. Any device, it works on all of them. There's issues in terms of how you can monetize that. And I wouldn't be, you know, Warwickshire have, have made theirs on their website, which is ridiculous in my opinion, because it puts barriers in the way. We need to build up an audience because it's been lost in schools. It's been lost to free-to-air TV. And the YouTube streams are, 
uh, you know, they're upped in quality. They're, they're, they're ubiquitous. Anyone can get them. I tweeted about making that product in 2012, by the way. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to big myself up. I've got, I've, I've, there's a tweet of me saying, add the BBC commentaries to the Sight Street cameras and you have a digital product. So uh, basically, I was right, and everything I say is gospel. <laughs> That's what I'm saying there. <laughs> okay, so let's assume um, cricket is now wildly popular. Um, let's just forget all the barriers that we've talked about, and people want to go along and people think, I'm going to go and have a look. Um, let's. Oh, England are playing the Lords. What? £130 for a ticket. I'm not paying that. Um, oh, let's go and watch some T20. That's good fun. Oh, hang on. 35 quid. If the whole family go, then I'm paying 150 quid, plus a bit of... Um, hamburgers and a couple of cans of pop. Um, I'm going to be spending 250 quid to go to a night's cricket. Um, the ECB are hiding behind this a little bit because a lot of uh, missiles have been thrown their way, and they're saying, "Oh no, no, it's down to the grounds, uh, and it's down to you know, it's not down to us." They're they're kind of deflecting blame a little bit, which is wrong of them, in my opinion. Um, should grounds, should lords, and if depending on who you read. At the moment, there are between 4,000 and in, I would run reports saying 20,000 tickets unsold across the five days of the test match. Uh, watching the coverage of the T20 games this week, um, we all assume that they're going to be played in front of packed out houses. They're not. Yorkshire on uh, Tuesday night was pretty, headingly, was, was fairly empty. Um, now, our people, and of course, as you said, Richard, we've got other diversions and distractions these days and we are in a cost of living crisis so people have to be choosy about where they're spending their disposable income should the counties be doing more to just encourage people to come in and in turn grow the game by just dropping prices from these lofty heights i suspect a tuesday a grotty tuesday night in may probably hasn't helped i mean essex would be is normally full to the rafters for T20, and it wasn't last night. No. Um, you know, it is half term, and I, I sat in a no-alcohol stand, which I think actually that's a really good um, thing that's been brought in. I, I, really, I really appreciated that, because that it, T20s, for people that don't drink, can be quite an unpleasant experience. And I was sat amongst a lot of children, which was great, but I think, you know, it's a work night for most people. Not everybody works in schools or... Or as a child, you know, do you, and people like do like to go and drink a bit, don't they, at a T20? So well, that's I how suspect, it's sold, isn't it? it yeah, that's I how it's pitched. Yeah, I suspect a Tuesday night on a fairly grotty night in May hasn't helped. You know, I, why not? It's during half term. During half term, but as I say, what about when? If we're looking at the demographic, Rich is talking about, they couldn't care less whether it's half term or not. You know, if we want our twenty to third, twenty to 40-year-olds, let's say, that haven't got kids, they've got to go to work on Wednesday morning. Well, then you've got you this... to be at a cricket match till 10.30 at night. But then, then we're fighting on a, a different battlefield. But if we say that cricket's best played on hot, sunny days, um, now you already mentioned that Chelmsford the, the other Sunday was very sparse when everything was, you know, oh, you couldn't absolutely. have wanted more. Was yeah. dead. Absolutely. I mean, the, even the members that could have been there weren't there. Yeah. And, yeah. and actually, you know, to me, that it, it's that's not advertising the pure class that was on that 
field that morning. Yeah. As it goes, Essex got um, Brooke and Milan out quite cheaply. But you had an opportunity to see two of the best batters in the country and then Alistair Cook scored a century. And Joe Root. Nothing. There was nothing on the social media feeds from the club at I, all. I, Go on. I, I, take, I take your point, Debbie, and I think you're absolutely right. But isn't that partly because of the game situation, that it was a nailed-on draw? And isn't that partly because of, well, um, there's many factors at play here, the weather, I think the ball, but also the ECB have said, we want pitches where you are in that situation and batters are um, uh, uh, batting to save a draw is, is a situation that they want. But from a, uh, a punter's perspective... I thought about going to that that day, and I thought I'll leave it a miss. It, it, it's a na- it's a nailed on draw. It's a nailed. On- I'd been to two of the earlier days, but I didn't go on the Sunday because it wasn't. It was for me. Classy players were playing absolutely, but the competitive edge of 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 the game had gone. And this is one of my points, right? Around particularly championship cricket. If we go back to talking about that, is for me. If it is purely about feeding the test side, right, then it's always going to be struggled to, to, to be marketed. I believe it has intrinsic value in itself as a competition. And I, I worry and I, fo- I follow the championship and I worry if Essex aren't playing well enough in it because it's a competition that has value. I don't think the ECB, the way they've treated it as purely a school for England players, is helping there. And I don't think it helped in that scenario. Yeah, I, I do. I can. I get that. I guess. I mean, I, you know, I. It was obvious, yes, before before I rocked up that we weren't going to have a result in that game. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I can. I can get that. I mean, you know, I, I, I particularly, I particularly for myself, I particularly like those players that I've mentioned, and and I want to see as much as Alistair Cook while he's playing as I possibly can, and and, and I do, and I do think. And you are right about maybe people not understanding how wonderful he is to watch because they haven't seen him at all. Um, but you know, let's have some marketing and let's. Yeah, I mean, that's that. My point would be on a, on a day like that, um, if we're trying to grow the game, forget all of us wizened cricket experts that will say, "Oh," and, and we'll look at it from a game point of view. If you've got a load of youngsters, um, and they would go along not particularly aware of the game situation, but they want to see Alistair Cook in the flesh. They want to see Harry Brook. They want to see Joe Root. They want to grab autographs. They want selfies, whatever else. They're not interested. You know, it comes back to this whole thing of pride. How do we get people into the grounds, and particularly the youngsters? Because I, I feel that that's where it is. If you if you drag youngsters in um, that aren't necessarily, you know, they, they just want to be there for the occasion, for the game, to see these big names, Um you know, I mean, that first day that I went all those years ago, I actually got free tickets from the gym, the, the Virgin Gym that was next door. I had no idea about the game situation, didn't really care, actually. But James Foster and Adam Wheater batted most of the day, and I absolutely loved it. And, you know, roll back. You know, I watch as much cricket as I possibly can, probably on the back of that one free ticket. Mm. And, I, and I'd forgotten Joe Root. I hadn't even mentioned him. You know, d- during... Um, during the beginning, at the end of Yorkshire's innings, he was standing on the boundary and was giving autographs. Because when I sat there at one point, I thought, well, can I get around there quickly enough to get a selfie? Even, even at my age, you know, um, get the kids in for free, offer a ticket for £5. P- 
people will buy beer while they're there and they might yeah. just get hooked on seeing something. Because seeing an Alastair Cook Sentry under any circumstances is worth the time, isn't it? Yeah. I, I mean, for, for me, I, I, I think it was, I think it might have been the Yorkshire game, but on the Thursday, the, there were schools in. And there's been a lot of schools at, there's been schools at Lancashire, uh, Surrey, I know. I think a lot of them have been in. And the kids were there all in the corner in the um, the, the, the Felsier School stand, I think it was. And the highlight of their day is getting on the pitch at London. Yeah. Mm. And, and I've written about this in that this is a unique selling point for county cricket. In no other sport that I've ever seen can... Any kid, any spectator, well, any spectator actually, even if even old kids, I've been I've been on pitch in the past playing <laughs> playing ball, but but any spectator can get on and play a pickup game of that sport in the break. I don't know another sport that, where that can happen, and that's not utilised. So for me, I, I wrote in the book about um, certainly in the one day games, extend the break. Right. I used to, you know, I've struggled to get my kids into cricket. I took my kids um, to, to, to 50 over games with a view to making the break the highlight of their day and making sure that they got a good go on the pitch. And they'd be enthusiastic about that. Couldn't particularly get them enthusiastic about the game. But also I would be saying, you know, and I've worked in you know, the stuff that I've done in US sports. There's so much more fan engagement you can do with with cricket. For example, you know, if you liaise when the schools are in, make sure a little bit like umpiring on a Sunday. Right. The the if, when the openers are in bat, you can have number 10 and 11 go and umpire. Right. When you're playing Sunday cricket. Well, I would do the same thing liaising with the schools when the when you're if the team is batting one and two are in 10 and 11 are going talking to the kids. Right. <laughs> and or maybe it's it's eight and nine and then three and four are in and then it's 10 and 11. And then you can go back to to, to, to one and two to make sure that, that those kids were engaged with the whole time. Richard, um Debbie's just about to go. Um, have you just got a final word before you uh, you, you you disappear off? Great chat. I, I, my, one of my final words, I cannot believe Harry Brooks not playing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm an Essex fan through and through, but I am furious about that. And actually, I was going to be gutted to miss his debut. I can't believe he's not making it. We shall see how England fare at, at Lords. And just and just and just one thing, Debbie. Before before you go, got huge respect for fans that come into the game later because most of the fans, most of of, of the market research says you've got to get someone interested in cricket in primary school, otherwise they don't become a fan. Oh, you're I, different, so you should be listened to. Oh, I I actually, but I grew up at the side of a cricket pitch. That's one thing to think. My dad, <laughs> my dad, my dad played, but yeah, yeah. It's I just I can't get enough of it. I, enjoy the rest of your chat, guys. A good chat. Okay. Bye. So, Richard, we were just—you were saying—it's uh, an interesting point about you know the, the whole thing is fans engagement. Um, one of the—I mean, the hundred, I like it or loathe it, but what it was and continues to be is a very successful ex exercise in marketing. Um, I mentioned about adverts being everywhere and the pricing. Um, it's a good—it's a good exercise in how you hook a market. Price the tickets as they were last year, very, very, very cheap. Stoke up the interest, and I guess, and a bit like how. You mentioned about the, the example of the Premier League in football uh, is that you basically hook people in and then gradually over time, 
you then start monetizing it a bit more. Uh, why why is that? Why can't that be grasped by the other forms of cricket? Particularly, you know, it, it seems to be even eating into T20 that was always assumed to be a cash cow. Well, it, it is eating in, and this is you know, I've written the uh, uh, my newsletter is just about to come out. Just going to press send on it in the in the next few hours and a lot of it is about this pricing issue look with regards to the tournament now that shall not be named um it's you look at the marketing of that you you say you've seen surrey's advertising all over the tube well surrey spend i think i'm right saying i think i'm right saying i've read this a few times the amount that Surrey spend uh, marketing the whole of their T20 campaign, it, the ECB spend on one individual game in, the t- in that particular tournament, right? So there's a huge marketing spend, a vast marketing spend. The tickets are extremely cheap, but they're getting in very um, uh, highly sought after players who will want to be well remunerated. This is what is eaten in along with COVID, which is very significant, and I need to add that caveat, but this is what is eaten into the ECB's reserves, taking them down from 70 million down to, what, two and a half, 2.2, something like that. And so at the moment, it's a massive loss leader, but with a view to uh, putting value into the product so it is it, it can be monetized at a later date. They could have done that with the T20, right? They could have done that with the T20 as, as it was, which, of course, had record sales in 2019. So, you know, you've, you've got what you've paid for. Why have the why did the ECB choose to do this? Well, I think there's many things, um, not least the counties didn't necessarily want to change. And also what the counties were doing with the with the T20 going for the beery, beery, blokey crowd wasn't necessarily growing the game because Debbie's absolutely right. It's not a very family-friendly environment. Um, A lot of T20s, they're too beery, they're too blokey, they're too raucous. I don't go to as many as as I'd like to because I I don't really fancy that crowd. I'm of an age where I don't don't want it. I want to watch the game. And, And, of course, that doesn't grow the game because you don't get families in. Yeah. It's funny, I was, uh, we had Barry Hearn on the show, the ultimate uh, sports uh, game changer with what he's done in snooker and darts. And he, he views T20 as the one that got away. And he's a big cricket fan himself. He still plays at the age of 73, I think he is now. Um, but he sort of used the example of you could get the England test team and walk them the length of Brentwood High Street and no one would stop them or recognise them or anything like that. And he thought that was a crying shame. Um and yeah, he said T20 kind of fitted into his world of, um, to use his phrase, watching sport in a convivial atmosphere. Which, if you look at the Ali Pali round about Christmas time, I think you'll get what I mean. But I agree with your point that it's not, and, and, and I've gone there with my family, and it's it's not a relaxing environment, is it? You know, you are you are very aware of, 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 of it's almost like a big stag party isn't it yeah and i mean there were stories about that with regard to the tournament now that shall not be named there was because the same things happened there the the beery blokey crowd has gone in i mean i, I went to ali pali for the darts a couple of years ago and it's a great night out you know I, i'm not sure i could handle it all the time um or even a few nights in a row um, but the thing about the darts, and you know, if you look at Matchroom, what they've done, reinventing snooker twice, reinventing um, 
uh, darts, um, what, what Eddie Hearn's doing with, with boxing. You have to look at those as excellent marketeers of sport and not the top tier sports such as football. And <clears throat> they, you know, I interviewed Barry Hearn for my podcast and he was, he's, wasn't a hundred fan from, from what I remember. Um, but he also um, knows that stories need to be built. Stories need to be built and athletes need to be paid, right? So if we're reducing ticket prices, for example, say we reduce ticket prices and Leicestershire have just said there's are a tenner across the board for the rest of the competition and supposedly they're, they're doing well. If we reduce prices, okay, who's, who's going to um, take the haircut there, if, if that's the right financial term? Um, is it going to be the players? Because normally the players squeak quite loudly about that. Yeah. Is it going to yeah. eat into the um, profits of the county? Okay, but 50, 60% of county revenues tend to come from the ECB anyway. So that doesn't that fall back on the ECB to make up their re- their revenues? Or, or I'm not quite sure how we're going to make this, this work, but I do think there's almost like because of the introduction of this new tournament, it screwed up everything. Mm. It, it's it screwed up the cash cow of the T20s. There's talk about it reducing the amount of Red Bull cricket. It is going to eat into the county game. Um, we knew this and we warned everybody about it, but it went on. And now I find it extremely frustrating that we're getting articles saying, well, what can we do with the blast? What can we do with the championship? Well, we should have had these questions before we introduced this new event, which has screwed up so many things, albeit change was needed. And perhaps the ECB got bored of trying to winkle change out of the counties and decided to um, place a bomb under the, uh, <sighs> under the, under the, the, the county structure, because that's effectively what it's done. Because people are now looking at, as quite rightly you said, the cost of living crisis. And we know there's worse to come at the end of the year. So they're going to cut back on watching things like cat, like county county cricket games. Very well. That old phrase of style over content. Um, and I think if that tournament, uh, <laughs> I've got you doing it. I've got you doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I think the style is what's appealing to the new market, and we've seen hard evidence of youngsters um, a more diverse. Uh, audience coming to the game for the first time. If we were to basically wave a magic wand and, and forget that that never happened, but we were to apply those tools of style to what we've got already, um, is it something that would necessarily fit? I mean, I would suggest that, as we've talked about, the T20 needs to shed the, the state party image. Red Bull cricket needs to shed its stuffy... Um, boring, drawn-out image. Um, what would you think would be ways that you would tweak red ball and white ball cricket, the, the traditional stuff, forget the, the, that other tournament? Um, <laughs> how, could you, how would you apply those, those marketing tools to those other two formats? I, I think with, with, the, with the county championship, I mean, look, I, I, I'm a, I have a preference for two divisions, but I'm not anti the three conferences. I see the value of both because one thing that was great about the three conferences is that when we had it, um, 
and Warwickshire won the title. The way I could see it continuing was every year we would have a real race to the line. You would have three, you know, I think it was three counties, uh, three or four counties could have won the title on the final day last year. Um, and I think we'd nearly always have that. So that that's positive. The issue was what you do with with conference two and three later in the se- in the season. Um, I don't think the Bob Willis Trophy has ever really worked because cup finals in September when there's rain around is it, it, it is never going to properly work as far as I'm concerned because it, 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 it affects the sporting integrity. Um, I mean, I do think there is value in um, getting the... Bl- I mean, I, I'd have been trying to put the blast back on free-to-air television. So many... Uh, people of our age got into county cricket because of Sunday Grandstand and the Sunday League. Um, and those, you know, and Essex were exceptionally good around that period of time. And, and the Gillette Cup and the Nat West Cup were all free to wear yeah, as well. Yeah, ab- ab- absolutely. And that is still absolutely critical. I know um, the YouTube streams are really important. Um, but if you look at the way... Um, I mean, it, I was going to talk about IPL and Big Bash, but of course that is franchise cricket, but they have managed to tell a very different story or present a very different story about their particular franchises. Um, certainly, if you compare Australia, it seems to be more of a friendly, a family-friendly crowd than certainly you get in the, T, in the T20s in the UK. I would be looking at um, uh, certain games being family days and certain games being um, more for the beery crowds. So the Friday nights, the beery crowds, the Sunday afternoons are the more family friendly days, which is what they used to do, I know. But also upping the marketing spend, upping the marketing spend. I'd be contracting players as part of their their salary to use their social media presence to create content that would attract kids and to be be cementing that relationship by going into schools and offering promotional tickets and uh, linking it even up with the um, uh, with the all-star scheme. I know that's, that's club-based. But things like that, contracting players, so it's, so it's a win-win. They get money for, for helping to grow the game's social media presence, which is significantly important, you know, hugely important in attracting people. And, you know, I would, as I said, in the RL50, I know you didn't talk about that, but I'd be saying extend the break. Make it an hour break. I would be selling pitches on the outfield for for picnics, right? So, you know, you've got an hour break, okay? You've got a picnic area and you can pay for a pitch and you can have a picnic on the outfield. Now, there's there's logistical issues around that, but that is a difference point for cricket that you don't get. It's a USP, a unique selling point. Okay, and you can you, you can sell a whole corporate, uh, not a, a hospitality package around that potentially, um, and but but also getting kids on that pitch is significant, and getting your your heroes out of the dressing room, and and connecting with those players. I mean, I was thinking when I was I think I, what Debbie was talking about, and Joe Root was walking around the ground. Dan Lawrence was walking around the ground that day. I think he was testing his hamstring, but I would literally have. A couple of areas of the dugout saying, okay, two players need to be in that dugout area at all times and they're available for selfies and autographs. All they've got to do is sit there. 
right? They've got to sit there an hour at a time. Or if they're walking around the ground and they've got a bib on, right, they can be approached for selfies, right? So, so there's no hesitancy, there's no issue, but, but contract players to say, okay, you've got to go out X amount of times. You do it in football at these opportunities to engage with sponsors are contracted and there is payment involved. Okay, incentivizing players to grow the sport is hugely significant. And I think it will work with with the sort of local heroes like Adam Wheater, who's not going to likely to play for England. Well, he's retiring at the end of the the season. But Adam Wheater a couple of years ago wasn't going to play for England, but he could become a local hero and he might want to up his money by a by a few grand grand a year. And if he's incentivized to by the good of the sport, isn't that a win-win? That's the way I'm thinking about it anyway. That's a good positive way to end. Uh, my Zoom account is about to expire. Uh, Richard, many thanks for joining us. Some excellent thought-provoking stuff there. Uh, and also to Debbie, who has had to leave us. Thanks for listening to 98 Not Out, the cricket podcast. Please subscribe to the show in your podcast app to make sure you see the new episode each week as it appears in your feed. And if you enjoy the show, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts to help us introduce the show to even more people. Thank you so much, and we'll catch you on the next episode.